All right, baby. The podcast is back. We are in our fourth year. Can you believe that, guys? Fourth fucking year of doing this thing. I can't. I can't believe we've been here four years and have sixteen listeners. Four listeners added uh, every year. So we, we're think, almost. You know, to you gotta. 100. You gotta look at. You gotta look at the peak. You know, one time we had hundred and thirty listeners on one podcast, and that's the the cumulative listens are over thirty five hundred. And as you can hear, we got the full squad in house. Hari, how was your off season, buddy? Amazing, fantastic. Went to Vegas, uh, lost a ton of money. In fact, I uh, was looking. We like landed in Vegas. We got a nice, crazy hot streak. An earthquake hit and helped save a couple of our bets. And even we couldn't get that like message from God to be like, hey, maybe you guys should chill out for a little while. Lost all our money, and then essentially uh, hadn't gambled until uh, this weekend. So <laughs> you know, living life. Amazing, great off season. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm great. Uh, like Hari, I, I agree. It's it's been a been a refreshing break from gambling ready to be, get back at it but man after that vegas trip i needed i need some time away i think we'll just go to jersey next year that seems like the takeaway it's like cheaper and you know we won't maybe gamble as much i don't know Ramu, how are you doing my friend uh great i you know time away i i had to get out of the country after vegas i went to croatia and just got back yeah and then big <laughs> life moves uh, Ramu has definitely the strongest following in the sense of like his three uh, you know, fans really, really like them. So, Ramu, give us a little life update. Oh, man. Moved to Austin. Got out of Chicago. I'm a true Texas ride or die. Lone State forever. Love it. Moved to Austin. That's With that, massive. let's jump into some lines. Uh, and to kick us off, you know, just the most exciting college football game that everyone's looking forward to this weekend at an odd 2 p.m. Eastern kickoff. The University of South Florida Bulls at the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Jackets favored by six over under 61 and a half. What a wacko fucking line. Hari, get us started, my man. What are you doing with this game? Uh, so I have tickets to this game, uh, and I, I told these guys, but I, uh, I have tickets in the South Florida coaches section, and so I've been told uh, I cannot wear Georgia Tech stuff. I cannot cheer for Georgia Tech. Uh, and I have to be run through a recruiting database to make sure I'm not some sort of recruit trying to go to a college. So I'm going to put a lot of money on South Florida money lines just so, you know, so I have some skin in the game. Um, also, I think Georgia Tech was, is not good, and I don't really understand. Like, we didn't really play a very good game this last week. Like, everyone's like, well, there's a lot of upside. They had a lot of turnovers. We still lost by, like, 50 points. Um, we're not a very good team. Wisconsin is a good team and beat up on South Florida a bit. And I think they are, we're trying to compare Wisconsin and Clemson and be like, well, these teams, teams must be equal. And they aren't. Uh, South Florida is going to run it. So, uh, yeah, take South Florida money line. Yeah, I was, you know, I was one of those people that was like one pinky in the, we didn't play that bad against Clemson. There were like three plays that really stand out that I feel like would have gotten us the Georgia Tech cover, which was fucking brutal, brutal loss. Uh, because Clemson won by 38 off of a 52-yard field goal from their kicker, which is ridiculous. But the muff punt, the not returning that pick six to the end zone, and then on the first interception, we got um, a penalty on second down, which put us behind the sticks, and we couldn't move the ball, and then Etienne had the 90-yard 90 90-yard 90 run, and we kicked it back to them. So, like, it's just, I think the Jackets could have been in that game a little longer. I'm not going to say they're going to like, they, they would have won. Like, it probably would have been one of those games where we go into half down, like, 21-7 instead of 28 nothing, and then probably get blown out in the second half. But I agree with you, Hari. The other, on, on the point that these two teams are pretty equal, 
I also don't know what we're doing at quarterback. Like we played three quarterbacks last week, uh, none of whom seemed to really be able to do anything. So this feels like six free points. Give me the South Florida um, Bulls because I don't know why George Jack would be favored by really at all or anything more than three. Ramil. Here's an amazing – one more oh, thing ahead. before you go. Here's an amazing go thing. Ahead. What was Tobias Oliver's QB rating in that game? Oh, uh, oh you know. Four. No, like <laughs> 15. You're very close. It was 9.5. Oh, my God. That team's finished. Lucas Johnson had a 4.3 finish. Done. No oh, chance. my God. And Johnson looked like he was throwing ducks out there. It was so bad. Um, Ramu, any takes on this game? Yeah, what was, uh, just real quick, what was the season over-under for the Jackets? Two? Uh, four. Four? Where it got moved four. to. Yeah, four, four and a half, <laughs> okay, something okay. like that. Um, so this this game opened uh, over-under at 58 and a half, and then it actually spiked up to like 63 a few days ago, and it's back down to 61. So um, if that's any indication of what you might want to do, I think it originally opened at 58. You could take some under here. Um but I'm looking at I'm looking at UCF and the spread. So I'm just looking at some action data. Um, big betters are going on UCF. They're only getting uh, 30% of the bets, <laughs> but actually 50% of the money. So if you want to go with the big betters and see what the trend is there, I would take the the spread for UCF. That makes no sense. There you go, Mark. <laughs> you are you going to take the jackets? This is this is a jacket podcast. We all have diplomas from this place. Some of us would. First of all, no, I'm not taking <laughs> yeah. the jackets. It, Every article I read about this team this season was they will not be favored against an FBS team all season. And then we get to week two and they're almost a touchdown favorite. Like what happened? What did we see in this like 50, 58 to 14 or whatever it was lost that, that now they're going to be touchdown favorites. This doesn't make sense. Take USF remove South Florida and that central Florida. Yeah. And yeah, uh, like Florida is playing Florida Atlantic this week. So everyone just, it, it, you can, you should also take that as well. Right. So, so take the bulls take the points and parlay it with the under because neither of these offenses uh, can move. Yeah. And the over is crazy. Like they say this game, we're going to win. What is that? 34, 28. You know, if, if you're doing the 62 number, like yeah. who, who, that doesn't make any sense. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I cannot agree. Which one is you, which one is USF and UCF? There's a difference. You, USF yeah. is in Tampa and is the bulls. UCF is in Orlando and is the Knights. Uh-oh, I think I looked at the wrong game. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I also think that. Um, well done, buddy. Uh, yeah, that, that that feels all about right. Let's move on to a game that I know nothing about, which is Army at Michigan. Michigan favored by 22 over under 47. Um, you know, when you when you go into these games and you're like, you know what, I got I to gotta gamble on this, you have to go back to basics. And the basics tell me that the Big Ten doesn't score points. And you couple that with the fact that this Army team put up 14 points against freaking Rice last week. I think there is one bet and one bet only to be made, which is the fucking under. Give me the under on this game of 47. It's going to be like a nice 24 to 3 win by Michigan or something whack like that. Um, I haven't even checked the weather, which is another basic, but I'm just going to assume it's bad for this, you know the argument of taking the under and give me the under in this game. Ramu, Mr. Blue, have you done any homework on your team? Uh, yes, I have, actually. 
Um, I I like the under. I think that makes sense. I also just like Michigan to not cover this. Um, I think they start slow, which they've been notorious to do. Um, they haven't been great against uh, um, military teams, um, which is part of the stat I'm using. Um, and I think actually Army will will score a couple couple on them. So um, I think this ends up being actually a high, you know a decent scoring game. Um, maybe probably the under, but I'm going to take Army on this. Closer. Actually, what you should do is take is take Army, especially on the first half. That's an interesting one. Just by like Army plus 10, maybe, maybe plus 11, probably plus 10. Um, Mark, any takes on this game? Yeah, I mean, like, we've seen this scenario play out for the last decade you know, watching Tech, right? Like, it, it's hard to, to cover these big spreads against option teams. They, they, slow, or they speed the game up by, by keeping the clock running. They minimize possessions. And, like, this Army team was good last year. Like, they won double-digit games last year, um, including a game at uh, OU, which is a pretty good analogous kind of in terms of stature of program for this game. Um, they, they went in there and went to overtime and lost by a touchdown. So I, I think they keep this close, but that option, you know, obviously confuses people who don't see it all the time. And then also overall just slows the, day, the game down. It, it, it's hard for me to see a Michigan team with, uh, you know, not the most prolific offense, find a way to uh, open up a three touchdown lead um, over this army team. So give me, uh, give me the army team plus, uh, plus 22. Boom. Ari. What are your thoughts on this game? Take us home, buddy. I mean, it's the same. Every, everything, everything Mark said. Uh, yes, last week, Michigan ran 15 drives. Rice against Army ran nine. If you believe that they're going to win by 22 points, you're really saying that they're going to have to score on six of those drives, seven of those nine drives. Army put together in the fourth quarter, like a, like a nine-minute drive that went 90 yards. Like, if one of those killers, and there's no way I, I think Michigan covers. So, I feel really good about... Army here plus 22, and I think this is a little bit of a line and, and over-under mismatch, because if you really believe Michigan is going to cover, then you probably think this is going to go over. So if you're going to take Army, I, I think you probably would be under as well. There you go. I like it. Wait. Gotta love those dual parlays First, that we freshman, parlay. Freshman to, freshman to watch on Michigan, just uh, heads up. I think their running back, Zach Charbonnet, has a good chance to ooh, run for... Ooh, uh, little name drop. Mm. I like it. Also, Michigan is running two quarterbacks right now. Shea Patterson got hurt earlier in the game last week, and they ran a second quarterback, and Harbaugh says going forward they're going to be using two quarterbacks again. So that another never worked. Un- like unlikely that, that – yeah, well, it's Harbaugh's last season, so it shouldn't be a problem. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, all right, on to interesting, actual interesting games. The first one, A&M, Giga Maggies, traveling to Clemson to take on the Tigers. Uh, Mark, what's the buzz in Houston about this game? Well, the problem is the buzz in Houston is all about this next game we're going to talk about um, because both those teams also have big presences in the area. Uh, yeah, and, and that game's in Texas. But that being said, I do know some people on both sides going to this game. This is a big one. It's really like if you look at Clemson's schedule, this is like their biggest test until the national semifinal. <laughs> like this, this yeah. is where that team's going to this is where that team's going to prove themselves. And on the flip side, like A&M is very highly rated by all the analytics, like their top 10 S&P plus, but their schedule is just absolutely brutal. They're at Clemson. Obviously they're going to get Bama at home. They have to go to Georgia later in their, in the year as their cross, cross division um, matchup in the SEC. Like this is just a brutal schedule. Um, I, I kind of see this game as like Clemson's regular season, most important game. And like, like the fourth game on A&M schedule. Um, and you know, a, a team like Clemson, they, they've got a ton of experience coming back on that roster, especially on offense. They, they're going to be able to put points up on this A&M defense. And I, 
I don't know. I, I can see this just getting out of hand and uh, Dabo Sweeney making this uh, the game of the year for Clemson, given what the rest of their schedule looks like. So uh, 17 is a lot. I wish it was more like 15 so we could maybe catch a cover on a late field goal. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I like Clemson a lot here. So uh, give me the Tigers. Go Tigers. Yeah, I've, I was thinking about this game and there's a couple of storylines that I think could potentially come out. Um, and I think you, you said it well, Mark. It's also like a really interesting line, just given that, you know, the 17 doesn't leave a lot of room for um, what could be like a late touchdown um, on the Clemson side to kind of put the game away. But I think, obviously, Clemson is legit and the SC is overrated. But the game last week, I think, was such a blowout um, that I'm not so sure Clemson really has a ton they need to prove going into this one. And you couple that with the fact that the game last year between these two teams was incredibly close. Um, you know, one could argue Clemson's closest game of the entire season. Um, and so if GT game was a little closer against Clemson, again, maybe they have a lot more to prove, but I think they can get by winning a game, you know, 34-24 or even something like 28-17. Uh, so I think the spread is a little bit too high for this one. So give me the Aggies with the, uh, and the 17 points. Ramu, any takes on this game? Um, yeah, I like the over here. This was a fun one last year in College Station. Kellen Mond ran for, uh, what, 463 total yards of offense? Um, through for, uh, total yards. So I think this is – I mean, he's going to have to be that good again um, for them to have a chance. But this could be um, a really nice high-scoring game. And we saw a few games last year where – you know, scores just ran up, and and you wanted to be on the the top side of that. Um, so I don't, I I think I'm going to take the over here and actually put the money on it. Listen, it isn't a flex squad until remove finally puts an over on the board. I mean, that's just like classic. So I love it. I'm glad to hear you. Fun. Back from you. There you go, hey, man. Hari, what are your takes on this game? What are the S and P pluses saying? No, I think the the stat here is uh, pressure. Uh, there are only two Power Five quarterbacks who took more sacks than Kellen Mond last year. So the real question is, Texas A&M has lost their center. They're going to have a lot of issues up front. So I think one of the big questions is going to be is how much pressure can Clemson get uh, early? And the second piece is, can Clemson adjust, which they, for some reason, did not do against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech moved to a cover two, and they didn't really exploit the middle of the field. They yeah. kept throwing the same screen out to the side, like uh, which didn't yeah. really make any sense. This is a game that is primed for in-game betting. Uh, so I'm right. I'm going to say take Clemson and the points, but... I'd watch the first quarter of this game, see mm-hmm. if, right, those sort of two things. If Clemson's getting pressure early, and if Clemson is actually being able to sort of go vertical on uh, AM, I'd pour it on Clemson. Um, if you see the opposite happening, and you're seeing Clemson sort of in that same mode where they're still throwing those screens, you know, maybe, you know, not getting the pressure they need to, I'd hit it heavy on, on AM. So, but what's your take for the podcast? Oh, I'm, I'm saying Clemson points. I think that Clemson I, think, points. I don't think a Yeah. I don't think a and Don't worry. I'm going to keep tallies up until like week two and then just kind of drop it. So don't worry. <laughs> this is important. Um, all right. On to the fucking game of the week. I'm so excited for this one. LSU traveling to Austin, Texas, take on the fucking Longhorns. Longhorns five and a half point favorites over under 55 and a half. I'll get this one started. I think this game is going to be awesome. Um, obviously last week's game for LSU was an exciting one. Um, they pulled it off the last minute with that classic Auburn, or excuse me, no, was it, I'm getting Auburn now, you mixed up. What are you talking about? Anyways, 
sorry, sorry, I was getting LSU and Auburn mixed up. Um, but I just wanted to say, very excited of this game. I um, yeah, I'm in full season form for the podcast. I think Sam Ellinger is legit. They have really good playmakers on the outside, and I'm I'm buying this whole. This is the year of Texas. Like it's been a while, uh, but the team is on the right trajectory after kind of plowing through a few. Really, one bad coach. Um, give me the Longhorns. Get they're getting points at home. That just feels wrong. Um, if anything, this will be a close game because I do feel like LSU always plays in you know oddly close games. But give me the Longhorns and the points. Mark, back to back to Houston, where a lot of buzz is happening. Like you said, what's 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 the take on this game? Yeah, so I, I've struggled with this game. I've gone back and forth a lot, but um, I'm going to default to the fact that like. I've owned this Tom Herman stock for like four years now. And like my original basis was like, he gets his teams up for big games. Um, and it doesn't get much bigger than this. It's, you know, top 10 teams, prime time in Austin. You know, I, I can't, couldn't tell you the last time there was a game in that stadium that was quite this hyped. Um, so it's going to be an electric atmosphere. I think, you know, the, the fact that they're underdogs is, is going to motivate them. Herman, Herman's obviously proven he can get an underdog up for a big game. And, the other thing is, like, this line has continued to move away from Texas and towards LSU. Like, I, you send it out at five and a half. I'm seeing it at six and a half. And, you know, the reason there is, like, the analytics don't like this Texas team. Uh, their performances from last year that are still carrying through to the in the numbers are, are pretty weak in terms of their matchups against, like, lower to middle tier teams. But I, I still trust them to get them up for the big games. You know, obviously, there's the Georgia game. Obviously, they, they hung with OU last year. Um, I don't know, man. This it doesn't feel right to to pass up on getting a touchdown at home um, with a Tom Herman team. So uh, give me uh, give me the Longhorns. Yeah, buddy, come on board. Remove. What's your thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, Mark said it. I mean, big game, Tom. I think he steps up. Yeah, Actually, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at a little bit of I, like I love the line moving towards LSU because I'm I'm looking at at um, Texas money line. I think this is a real upset. Um, it's a close game, and I, I also actually might put um, a little bit on the overtime. Like, why not? There's a, a good odds on a on let's go to overtime. Um, that could be a fun one. Um, Intriguing. So that's personally, I'll, I'll put some money on Texas money line just for fun. Um, being in, in UT, I think we're gonna try to go to a bar and, and catch the the game somewhere. But um, yeah, man. The other one I'm looking at. It's gonna be a fun game day for you. <laughs> be a great game day. Um, the other one I'm looking at is this line has moved up for the total over under from 55 um, originally, and now it's 57, and I, I think it's going to be somewhere more like 59. Um, this will be a fun one, another over here. So lock it in. There you go. Hari, take us home. What are you thinking on this one? Texas, Texas money line. Herman's won, I think, 14 of his last 15. As an underdog, he's won them straight up, right? It's not just the yeah. he's he's winning it, right? So give me Texas. Uh, right. I mean, like, you get some alternate lines in there, like, you know, really start to head because I think Texas is going to win this one outright. They did the same thing to uh, USC last year. USC came in, was ranked, uh, and Texas sort of put the, the brakes on them and beat them by, you know, 17 points. So, um, yeah, give me Texas. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to look at this bet. It's like, if you're going to take Texas with the points, why not go ahead and, you know, sort of snag the extra payout on the money line? I'm trying to see if I can pull up the, the money line odds. Does anyone have the money line odds on them? Uh, I just did. Um, I'll pull it back up. I'll tell you. Oh, plus 200. There you go. Um, all right. On to the NFL, the most exciting league in the world, um, premier sports property of America. Um, sorry, NBA, this is why you can't sponsor the podcast. 
this is a football podcast. Um, let's get it started. Uh, I want to start with the Falcons at the Vikings because I am so, so intrigued by this game. And I think um, much of my attention during the one o'clock on Sunday because I just I find it interesting and I'm curious to hear what these Falcons fans are going to say. So, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ramu, what are your thoughts on this game? Just reading the Bleacher article now. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Oh, this is a stay away game. I mean, most of my Falcons games and picks are, are stay aways, but um, we've cleaned house on the coaching staff um, for better or for worse. Uh, I think we have, you know, based on what, and Hari, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but everything that I'm reading is saying that our O-line has gotten better. Um, Keanu Neal is back and, and healthy. Deion Jones is back and healthy. Um, they, they may be a, a better um, front seven, but yeah, I think overall I'm, I'm just staying away. I just don't like betting on this game. I think the Vikings probably pulled us out and beat us in our, in our opener, but um, I think we keep it close. If I, anything, I'll, I'll take the spread for the Falcons. That's about it. Yeah, sorry. It's Vikings minus four over under 47 and a half. And it's funny you say that, Ramu, because I have the same thing written on my notes, which is stay away in big capitals. Um, I think both these teams are kind of in a weird spot. Like Julio's holding out and wants a new contract. Uh, Dalvin Cook is back from injury. Who knows what Kirk Cousins is? He got paid a shit ton of money. But now all of a sudden his like contract doesn't look like that bad considering the fact like Jacoby Brissett's making 15 mil a year. Um, so both these teams could in theory be like competing for playoff spots. But if you also told me they each had disappointing seasons, I wouldn't be shocked just because they're both in kind of downward trajectories. If you look at their last call it two seasons. Um, so if I was going to bet this, I think I would lean towards the over just because it's in a dome. Um, it's not a great reason to do it, but I could see like, both teams maybe putting up points and um i do feel like it's an important game for both of them so if anything i'm going to take the over but i'm with the remove a little bit of if i, I don't really want to gamble on this game at all mark any any takes yeah i mean my thing here is like in my mind and obviously i yelled out to heart and remove on this one but like in my mind i kind of want to throw last falcon season out the window like the the injuries just hit so hard so early that like i don't even know if we got to see what that roster was really capable of. Um, so I kind of like the Falcons coming into this year. I don't think they're getting much buzz. You know, a lot of people are talking about the Saints and even the Panthers in the in the NFC South. Like, I, I do like this Falcons team. They're going to get a softer schedule. And, man, I just I just hate Kirk Cousins. I'll be honest. Like, the more the more I read or hear about that guy, the, the more I dislike him. I, I, I don't see that as the kind of guy that's going to rally his team, um, you know, behind him and, make any kind of championship run so if i'm getting points i like this falcons team this year i think they're going to put up points with that that wide receiver course so uh give me give me the dirty birds and i'll take the four points mark this is this is you like that kirk cousins this is guy that drives his grandparents beat up car kirk cousins this is no this, this is, is like america this, no no hurry hurry send out a link to his instagram account this guy's yeah crazy. i actually just typed in kirk cousins twitter and he has a zoomed in <laughs> picture of his about some shoes he's wearing. He has a picture with someone from the radio station nearby. He has a picture of a bunch of people getting on a Delta plane. He has a sponsorship with CenturyLink. He has a picture of a baby wearing sunglasses, an old photo with two white guys. Just the most boring man in America. Oh, my oh God. what are you doing with this line? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> this dweeb, right? I've been talking shit about Kirk Cousins for like three seasons. So it makes sense that he would come and beat us in the first game of the season. So 
I don't know. This Falcons team, I watched them a lot in the preseason, and the offensive line is not better. It's not good. It's not doing really? well. Really? That's like, that's, um, that was like the talk of the season. Well, that was the whole thing, is that they went and drafted a ton of offensive linemen, and it has looked miserable. Matt Ryan in that Jets game got hit like four or five times, and he only played one series. Um, so that's the real worry for the team. And if they haven't solved those offensive line issues, it could be a very long day. I actually like the under in this game. I think it might be a, an interesting play. Uh, like I get the sort of dome thing and Matt Ryan indoors and all that stuff, but um, I think these are two kind of okay defenses, maybe a soft offensive line on one side. So I think uh, take the under here is what I would say. All right. Fair enough. But also On to the next away. game. Don't. Also stay away. There you go. Redskins at Eagles, minus 10, over under 45. Uh, Bark, what are uh, our, our second biggest fan base of this podcast is highly concentrated in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So and I right. they must all be Eagles fans. So tell us, what are, you, what are people thinking about this game? So here's my problem. Like, you, you usually don't, in the NFL at least, you usually don't see these, like, double-digit point spread lines coming out until, like, after week 10 when some teams are too beaten up or some teams have kind of given up on the year. Like, to, to have a division game with a double-digit point spread in week one, like, I can't remember the last time we talked about a game like that. And, like, I like the Eagles this year. I think, you know, they're going to compete for the division. They're going to make the playoffs. And, like, if they're if they're hot at the right time, they have a chance to make a run at the NFC. But, like, I, I don't want to give up 10 points in week one. Like, you never know until you see a full team play 60 minutes on Sunday what they've got, um, what that group of guys have got. And, like, there's been a lot of change in this Eagles roster. So, I – I'm not laying 10 points. I'll be honest. Like if you're going to give me 10 points in week one in a division game, I'm going to take the dog every time. So I hate to say it. I think the Eagles will, will find a way to win this game, but um, give me Washington with, uh, with this big point spread. I like it. I like it. Hari, any thoughts on this game? Uh, the skins have lost their last four games against the Eagles and have lost by an, uh, a double digit points on average. They've lost their last five division games on a double digit point average. Um, there, there's no way they're covering this. The Redskins are not a good team. I actually am on their SB Nation site, and none of them have even picked, none of their writers even have picked them to win the NFC East. Uh, it's, it's not a good team. It hasn't gotten any better from last year. Like, I don't, I don't really see any change between this team. And at least the Eagles are like adding weapons, adding people to the team. Why wouldn't the Eagles cover this? Yeah, give me the Eagles and the points. And I would tease them up a couple points if I could. Yeah, well, I, I find that interesting. I like, I'm kind of with Mark here. It's just 10 points is a lot for week one. I mean, like that, I know it's not a really a lot to put all of your gambling eggs in per se, um, but it just feels a little, a little heavy, um, especially considering both these teams come in pretty healthy. Um, and I know Case Keenum isn't anything to write home about, but he isn't like, he's been in big games. Like I think he knows what he's doing. So give me the, the Redskins to me backdoor coverage towards the end of the game here, but uh, you know, I just feel like plus ten is way too much. Ramu, any thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at some of the action data. This is crazy. I mean, ninety six percent of the money is going towards the under in this game. Um, Whoa! So you're talking about an under? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. So that you're talking about an under? Um, what is it now? It's forty five and a half. Forty five. So if that gets forty five. Yeah, forty five and a half. Yeah. Um, if that gets compressed down, then you can see the, the spread being hard to cover. So that could be an option too. Um, and we're also seeing a lot of the money go towards Philly money line. So Philly wins this in a low scoring close game. Unders and um, skins on the spread are probably good options. I like it. Um, all right. 
on to the Giants at the Cowboys, which is shockingly not on Sunday Night Football. Um, but I'll kick this one off. So the Cowboys have gone six and one in their last seven home games against the Giants, four two and one against the spread. So I really think this is a simple a simple take. Um, Cowboys are favored by seven. Over under is forty five. And give me the Cowboys. I think worst case you push. Um, best case, fucking we remember how terrible and atrocious Eli is. Um, because I don't know how the Giants are going to score points. Like Dallas's defense is actually legit. I think that was one big thing we talked about on the podcast a lot last year is like the realization that you know the cow these cowboys games tended to go under um so i don't see the giants are going to score points I'm, I'm excited about this cowboys team um even though we're shelling out ridiculous dollars to kind of unnecessary positions but that's for another day uh for at least this game give me the give me the cowboys minus seven i feel good about it i mean is, right. is he definitely playing in this game yeah, though they say uh, there's a good stat that was put out. I forget by who. Um, last last year, he also sat out the entire preseason, um, but then uh, he didn't get more than I think it was 16 carries until week five. So it seems like the Cowboys like to like ease him in um, to the season in general, but he is he is slated to play. Okay. Yeah. So Hari, what about you? Going with the Cowboys? Uh, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, this, uh, NFC East is always hard for me to, uh, predict about what's going to happen. But, like, again, this feels very similar to the Redskins game. Like, I don't see, the Giants haven't gotten any better. But the Cowboys seem to have gotten better. Uh, even if you ease in Zeke, like, seven, uh, it's exactly what you're saying, seven points, you're either going to push or you're going to hit it. So, like, why not take the Cowboys? Like, it's an, again, another team that's much better than the team that they're facing. And one team is going in the right direction, and the other team drafted Daniel Jones. So I don't, right? I don't know what to tell you. Why wouldn't it be the Cowboys here? So give me Cowboys and points. I agree. Ramu? Yeah, let's just keep it short. It's, it's Cowboys on the spread. Um, you guys are too talented on both yeah. sides of the ball. And, and yeah, and then the Giants are just a train wreck. Um, yeah. guys, they're basically just Saquon Barkley, and that's pretty much pretty much nothing else. He you is guys ridiculous. Are, you guys are ridiculous, and you guys are getting back um, one of your your all star centers. Like, um, back yeah, back. Travis Frederick. He's coming back, Frederick, yeah. uh, which is from like crazy. And your and your defensive and your defensive. Um, um, you have some real defensive stars. I mean, Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence are pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, they're um, legit. I like it. I like it. Shoot yeah. the horn, baby. Mark, you going contrarian? No, I mean like the like Hart said. There's nothing the Giants can that. The, that this Giants team did in the offseason to, like, prove that they're turning it around. Like, we didn't even mention the fact that they traded their all-pro wide receiver yeah. for, like, for, like some, some draft picks and w- without, like, a, a, clear, a clear path to, like, getting this franchise on the right track. So, like, if anything, they've gotten less dangerous on offense. I agree. Shaq Barkley is, like, incredible, but, like, he is their only weapon. Um, they're going to key on him. They're going to shut down the run, and they're going to they're going to see if Eli Manning can beat him, beat them, which he can't. So, um, you know, the, the the seven points is is a lot less difficult to lay for me than the ten in the Eagles game. So, uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take them boys. Uh, lay the touchdown. Um, yeah, it should be a win here. There you go, baby. Uh, all right, on to there's actually some good games. I know a little shout out to Chiefs at Jags is an interesting one. Um, Texans at Saints, but I've got the Steelers at Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champs, um, coming home to raise their fucking sixth banner, which is just scary and sad to say. 
Uh, Ramu, get us started, man. What's the, what's the takes? What are the blogs? What is the Action Network saying on this game? Well, first off, I'll tell you this game of the week is brought to you by Waffle House. Waffle House Ooh. is open 24-7, people. Uh, Waffle House is open 24-7. And we recently had a case in Florida where a burglar went into someone's home at 4 a.m. and started cooking breakfast. And the owner woke up and the burglar said, please go back to bed. And the owner called 911 and the burglar ran away. So I'm just letting you guys know a Waffle House is open 24-7. That's your sponsor of the week. We're going to get right into this one. Good insight. Um, it also matches the colors of the Steelers. So what's happening in this game? What's what's the pick, remote? What? What's From, the okay? What's, what's, the, what's the, the pick for the game? This 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 is an easy pick. You you go you go where the money is flows, and you think about what what happens. So I think this is oh Patriots. I think this is a Patriots uh, not cover. I think the Steelers uh, cover the spread. Okay, all right. But we got I'm it. not putting my money on it. I okay. Yeah, so stay away, but lean pass. Um, sounds great. I because, okay. The only thing I think is, is, is Patriots get a slow start. Like they had a slow start last season. They get it rolling, um, and that's all I'm using. That's all I have. Yeah, that that's fine. Take whatever you need. You know, use whatever takes you need. Um, I think this is an interesting one. I think the Pats might be better than last year. Um, at least if you look at their skill players, uh, obviously you get Flash Gordon back. Um, they're really excited about this Nikhil Harry, I believe is his name, uh, wide receiver draft pick. Um, they've got established now, it seems like, running backs between James White and Sony Michelle, um, which I think is interesting. And so uh, I, I really think the Patriots might be better than last year. Um, and then on the Steelers side of the ball, it seems like you got rid of two fucking head cases between Antonio Brown and, um, and Le'Veon Bell, which is like, just it, uh, especially the Antonio Brown side of this, like who knows what's happening. Um, five and a half feels a little heavy, especially considering, uh, what happened last year in the opener, but I don't think you're going to see that again. I think the Pats don't get caught off guard in week one. They have an identity. They know who they are going into the season. Um, so give me the Patriots to cover the five and a half. Mark, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, so I actually like uh, I like the Steelers here. They were uh, they were underdogs four times last season. They won outright in three of those games and covered in the fourth. Um, and you you mentioned it to me, but like I almost think there's there's a bump um, that you can expect from the Steelers team just kind of cleaning out that locker room. I think the guys left there have a chip on their shoulder and they have a lot of young talent on that roster um, on offense. I, obviously, I think Juju Smith Schuster. Um, is going to be the focus of the offense. But James Conner, James Washington, a couple other guys that they've brought in are, are going to keep weapons around Big Ben. And, like, this offense was very prolific last year. Big Ben threw for over 5,000 yards. I think that, I think they're going to be able to move the ball even if this Patriots defense is uh, is improved. Um, the Patriots in the past have been uh, have kind of been prone to a bit of a letdown in week one. Um, they're another team that kind of likes to work their way into a season, especially as um, I'm sure as Tom Brady gets older, they're going to be careful, careful with when to protect him um, until he's into the swing of the season. So I, you know, I, I prefer getting almost a touchdown with a, with a really good Steelers team. I think give me a, give me the Steelers. I'll take the six, um, but I'm looking forward to watching this one. Oh. All right. Last bit of the pod. What are your thoughts on this one, my friend? Yeah. So here's, here's what I'm going to tell my listener. If you're listening right now, you should open up your laptop. You should type in vanguard.com 
You should log into your 401k. You should uh, take all the money out of your 401k and you should put it all on the Patriots money line. This is the lock of the absolute century. The Patriots are 16 and 0 straight up in their last 16 games as home favorites. They are 12 and 4 against the uh, against the Steelers straight up and 5 and 1 and 4 1 and 1 against the spread at home. They are the Steelers can't even beat the spread in their last 8 games in week 1. They're 1 6 and 1 against the spread. This is going to be a definite win for Brady and Belichick. Just take all your money, put it here. It's just a, it's like a return on investment. If I called you today and I said a stock is going to give you this return, you would put all the money in it. I'm telling you right now, this is the easiest money you've ever made. Just take all your money, take $1,000, put it on the Patriots money line, and then you get a return. That's it. The end. Simple. It's easy. They're minus 245 Simple. on the money line. So I guess, yeah. you know. Put in $1,000, you get 400 That's it. If I think you there was a stock that gave you a 40% return guaranteed, you'd say, of course, I'm going to buy it. Now, all of a sudden, the family tip, oh, I'm too worried to do it. Just do it. Take your money. Take all of your money. Put it on the Patriots. I like Vanguard. I've been to three different companies, and I, I uh, none of them had Vanguard. So that's a, a, a nice little shout out. Maybe they'll sponsor the <laughs> They're our sponsor. For, yeah, they're going to sponsor for the next podcast. There you go. All right, guys. Well, this was fun. Um, I missed this. I'm glad we finally made it happen. Um, hopefully there'll be no technical difficulties throughout the season. Um, but you never know with this podcast. So all that happy gambling week one, let's go Longhorns. Let's go Patriots. Let's go Cowboys. Those seem like the big unanimous picks. And with that, we are out.